Recovery is stupendous. Achievable. Hope. Freedom. 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 Empowering. It's unique to everyone. It's a journey, not a destination. Getting a new lease on life. Finding restoration after you fall down. Recovery is having the freedom to enjoy life. For me, it was finding a way to really love myself. My recovery is possible in part because of my own sense of purpose. Hello and welcome to Montana's Peer Network Facebook Live. Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, This is a really special episode. All this month we've been focused on youth programming, youth peer support. And so uh, to round out the month, we have a special guest. This is Nat Perry. She's a youth program coordinator from the Federation of Families out of Boise, Idaho. We are gonna be talking about what Nat is up to in Idaho. We thought this would be a good guest to bring on, hear about what's happening with Youth Move and what is a youth program coordinator. How come we don't have this in Montana? What's going on? Like, why do we not have this? Why do we not have youth peer supporters? Why don't we have a Youth Move chapter? All these things. So. MPN is asking these questions. We're bringing in folks, you know, I don't don't know where you want to start. How did you get involved, uh, you know, with with Youth Move Idaho? Yeah, awesome. Well, I am super glad to be here. First of all, thank you for inviting me to, you know, just come and talk about everything. But the way that I had gotten involved with Youth Move, it was actually during a 2019, like, in-person conference, which I know sounds so long ago. But um, we'd gotten together and essentially I was doing some advocacy work, like either just on my own or through local groups or through groups set up through my high school, actually something called Sources of Strength. And that led me to getting in touch with the Idaho Federation of Families um, because I just met a couple of the people who ran the organization there. And I heard about Youth Move, which was originally marketed as an emotional wellness, like an emotional support group. And I was going through some very severe anxiety at that time. And I'm, I'm far more open to talking about it now because like I've overcome that part of my life and now I can manage it a bit better. But um, I reached out to Youth Move because I was really interested in if there were other people my age who are going through similar things. And if there was possibly a way that like we could actually begin a conversation about it because I grew up in Salt Lake City, Utah, and there wasn't much discussion about mental health. And then I moved to Boise, Idaho, and there wasn't much discussion about mental health. And so (laughs) it was just from one place to another where I wasn't finding avenues. I wasn't finding people who wanted to talk about this. And if I was, it was on such a small scale that I didn't really feel like I was going to make a difference or find the help I needed. Mm. Um, And so when we first started meeting, It was just a very small, very intimate group of people. We only had about six or seven members um, at our largest, which was totally fine. It meant that we could be very vulnerable, but we had started not only looking and like working on ourselves emotionally and learning how to manage anxiety and depression and the symptoms from it, but we would also really talk about ways to get involved with local advocacy and actually like reach out and like discuss Mm. things. Like I, um, I think the biggest point then when we were still in person is um, I, through some of the training I got at Youth Move and through some of the confidence I gained at Youth Move, I ended up speaking with the Idaho legislature about the realities of teen suicide. And I, I spoke out about that and actually delivered an impact statement where I was like, hey, you guys, you think you know what's going on, but you really, you really don't. Um, and I would say that that's still like my proudest moment in my advocacy work was was that. But that's really how I got got involved. Is I just met the right people at the right time, and then 
kept going with it. <laughs> That's awesome. That's great. And so you, I actually, I wrote a note here while you were speaking. So when you started, were those meetings in person or were they virtual? The meetings were in person. They were every single week on Wednesday evenings for just a couple of hours. Um, we actually have a brick house in Idaho. And what the brick house is, is it's an old building in downtown Boise. And it's it's really beautiful. It's a literal brick house. Um, and it was open to any youth who needed, there were two, two programs running at the same time. There was a drop-in center and then there was youth move after that. So the drop-in center could be for any youth who just needed a place to go after school or you know in between extracurriculars like if they if for some reason they couldn't go home and have like a safe place this was a place where they could you know connect with other youth and also like do homework and just kind of decompress um and then youth move would happen right after the drop-in center on Wednesdays um and yeah that was that was just that was our whole thing that was the point of the brick house but sadly we still have the brick house. It's just that no one can go to it right now. <laughs> so we're hoping to eventually uh, meet back in person. But for right now, all of our meetings are virtual. Okay. So it sounds like you were able to find your voice as an advocate through through this work. And and uh, what was that like? Like you know, going to the legislature that first time speaking up again I know it can be intimidating I remember my first my first experience with the legislature it was well it was so like I had done different bits of advocacy work here and there like especially things that I was involved with in school like um even in middle school I started getting involved with anti-bullying organizations and I just kept that up um and it was in high school that I got involved with a genuine like uh, suicide prevention advocacy group when I was in Salt Lake before I had moved. And so I'd always had a really big passion around this because I do have personal experience with it. And so um, I never really knew how to make tangible change without an organization that a school was backing up. And that was like a really big fear of mine is like thinking about when I graduate, how am I going to talk to anyone about this? How am I going to find my way around here? Um, and youth move really like it was kind of a joint effort between youth move and sources of strength. It was just something that ended up coinciding kind of perfectly. But when I had spoken up at the legislature, A, I was terrified because I was the youngest person in my group of high schoolers. But then I was like the youngest person overall who was there at the legislative building. And I was like, I, I felt a little bit out of my element, but then I was like, no one's going to understand or know what I've lived through if I don't actually tell them about it. I can't expect change that people don't know about like if someone doesn't know that it needs to happen how are they going to change the system um and so when i had spoken up the first time it was it was definitely very very nerve-wracking but um it was really i think it was really powerful i did get a little emotional i'm just a genuinely emotional person um but at that moment i felt like it was something that i had been prepared for through the work i had done so it was like the kind of the the crown jewel of everything that I had been wanting to get to and then from there it just I continued that work and then I got hired to do it at the IFF which is the coolest part because now this is what I do every day and not just sometimes yeah yeah so tell us about that what's a what is a youth program coordinator because I you know we we don't have this in Montana so what is that? What is that? Yeah. So for the IFF, um, well, the Federation of Families is also something that's national. Like every, I'm not going to say every state, but a lot of states have like the insert state here, Federation of Families. Um, and so a youth programs coordinator for a group like that, basically, I take over all of the work that needs to be done for youth programs. Um, 
what that means right now is because really our only youth program that we're devoting a lot of time and resources to is youth move. It means I set up and I run and just facilitate the youth move meetings. And anytime that like people from other youth move chapters want to reach out, they reach out to me, they get me involved and I reach out to them and, you know, we collaborate on that sort of stuff. But um, it also gives me the freedom to propose new youth program ideas. Obviously, takes a long time to get a new youth program set up because it has to go through like my bosses and then the state and then anyone above the state and like we have to find the funding for it so it can be a little difficult but um right. also what i do is i sit in on like any sort of state like work group where um if people are trying to develop some sort of handbook or some sort of like new program and they need a youth voice I'm the easiest one to access because I'm already getting paid for the work I do. So I can just be put into whatever meeting I need to. Um, and I, I kind of let them know if what they're thinking of doing is a, an idea that would actually connect to people my age. Because if they're barking up the wrong tree, there's no point that they should continue with that. So that's um, that's right, what I do right. a little bit of everything, but it's mostly youth move. <laughs> that's good. And, you know, th that's a good kind of point you bring up, right, is um, we, we need the youth voice to actually give us the right lens to sort of look at it through, mm -hmm. right? It, it can't be a bunch of bureaucrats making decisions about youth programs yeah. or, you know, even people, even people, people my age, I mean, I, you know, we're fully aware at MPN, it's like, you know, we, we, we need to get younger, we need more, we need more young people involved, right? Like, you know, I say this, like, I'm not going to be the executive director forever. Uh, we need young people to come along because you're going to be the next peer supporters. You're going to be the next directors. You're going to, you're going to do this. So I, I love that. I love that. So when you started out with the legislature, you were talking about youth suicide. What kind of stuff are you talking to them about now? What's, 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 what's the hot topic happening? The hot topics now, um, I have not spoken at the legislature in a very long time, so I haven't been doing anything personally. Um, but I do hear now about all of the different things that are getting passed through the legislature that could affect the Federation, that could affect all of these things. So I hear mm -hmm. so much about so many different cases, and that's actually, I think, the major stressor of my work is the fact I hear about all these problems and I cannot fix every single one of them. Like there are even problems I hear of that are out of my wheelhouse that I can't even touch because I don't have the credentials. I'm 18. I don't have a certificate. I don't have formal training. Um, but then I hear about issues with like adoptive families or with foster kids. And like, I want to help. I'm just not in that position yet. So um, a lot of what I hear about and work with with the legislative side of things is learning what sort of things go into proposing a bill for mental health and what sort of things go into like mm. actually trying to make that sort of change. Um, you know, I'm definitely in a learning period with all of that. Um, and yeah. even when I spoke at the legislature, I was like, I was the emotional impact final statement saying like, this is, this is what this can do to your entire life. This is how everyone's life can shift from these things. And you, because you, you legislative body, like you haven't experienced this sort of loss. Um, you're not going to know until someone tells you what it's like. And so I, I did that. It was kind of like a, a final testament to everything that I had lived through prior. Cause that was, I think it was like a year after everything I had gone through that I had spoken at the legislature. So it was still very fresh wounds. Um, but now I just try to work right. more on the level of like, what can I do right now to affect the people that I know, like the the youth that I work with, like how can I 
try to better mm -hmm. their day or their month or like their life, hopefully overall. Right. But um, yeah. I, I've definitely taken a step back and instead of trying to, you know, <laughs> instead of trying to take on way more than I can chew and like way more than I can handle, I'm just looking at little tiny yeah. pieces that can hopefully be affected. That's great. So, so talk about that. Talk about what is Youth Move Idaho working on? What it, you know, when you're talking about this, helping people in a smaller sense, right? Legislative stuff is big picture, mm -hmm. you know? So what, what, what are you working on now? What, what, what are things happening there? With what we do now, um, we've, we're very much just trying to get through the pandemic and through quarantine together. That's, that's the main goal. Um, we are a very small group right now, very small, very intimate group. And we're always accepting new members. It's just that sometimes people get overwhelmed with life and we're not gonna try and tack on one more thing that could stress them out potentially. Um, so what we do now is we, we really focus on emotional wellness. We focus on taking care of yourself in that way because me personally, like one bad mental health day can throw off months of progress that I've been working towards. And that's terrible. That's so awful. And I know that that's like, that's something that I just have to manage on my own, but it's so much easier managing it with other people. Like we do these little meetings where we talk about, um, I ask all of the members specifically, I'm like, what are you struggling with? Is it sleep? Is it anxiety? Is it, is it like perpetual feelings of sadness? Like what is going on? How can I help you? What resources can I get to you right now that you can use to hopefully start to get out of that? Um, and that's what, that's what we focus on is like dealing with those little problems and then making that progress and having that progress build upon itself until we are all in a better place. I don't like, I think that everyone can get to a better place than where they're at right now. There's always something that you can do or change that'll make things a bit easier on you. And um, that's what we strive for is just making things a little bit easier than the day they were before. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's great. <clears throat> have you, Nat, have you always been a, like a natural leader? Have you always been that way? I, your whole I would life? like to say yes. <laughs> um, I would like to say yes. I, I mean, I, I'm just, I'm very outspoken, um, if that was not obvious. <laughs> um, and I also just, if I'm passionate about something and people aren't listening to me, I'm going to make sure that you listen to me because I'm just very, um, I'm a little stubborn. I'm a little stubborn. So if I feel like something needs to change, especially if I see like a systemic issue, I'm like, I'm the first person to try and fight it. That might not always be good for me because it does mean that I, I wear myself out a little bit, but it means that changes get yeah. made. So like, you know, it's a give and take sure. type of situation. Yeah. 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 No, it's, it's great. I mean, it comes through that. That's why I'm asking because it comes through and listening to you talk. I well, mean, thank you. It's, it's coming through. Oh, for sure. For sure. And you know, I mean um, you know, right. I mean, there's, you know, school of thought around, you know, people are born leaders. Some people have these sort of, but it, there's a lot of elements, right? In the work that we do here at MPN, it's the same thing, you know, and we're, we're always trying to mentor, you know, peers towards being leaders and help them gain the skills. And, but it's interesting and in, in listening to you, it's like, you know, I think, wow, you know, you in, in 10 years, you're going to like, you're going to be governor of oh, Idaho thanks. or something. As, oh my <laughs> like, gosh, that's so funny you say that because a lot of my like parents of my friends are always like, I just think you're going to be a politician one day. I'm like, all right, okay, yeah. I will, thanks. <laughs> I, I, didn't mean, I didn't mean that as oh, a negative no, thing. I didn't, I didn't mean that course, as a negative yes. thing as a politician, you know. 
people look at politicians like, you know, they're, they're not always the best upstanding citizens. I just mean, you know, you, you have a natural uh, way about you and you're very, um, the passion comes through. Thank and, you, you know, <laughs> thank you like, very much. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. It's, it's fantastic to see. And um, <clears throat> it makes me think about, you know, we need to find you <laughs> in Montana. We need, to find, we need to find our own Matt in Montana because, you know, what, what we're wanting to do is we want to start a, a youth move yeah. chapter here. And we need amongst our membership. And, you know, if you're out there and you're, you're watching this, you're listening to Matt talk about these things, I'm, I'm guessing you're as amazed as I am. Um, you know, it's fantastic. And like, that's what we need you know it can't be it can't be up up to me i'm like a middle-aged guy you know like can't decide what's going to happen with youth what i can do is i can provide the 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 place the starting point you know to help it sort of grow we're a well-established organization just like you're talking about federation of families right and and that that relationship that i'm sure has helped this sort of flourish mm -hmm. and created this position yeah oh definitely and I want to like I, I want to say thank you very much for all of your kind words because like that that means quite a bit to me like thank you very much but um I I also want you to be aware that like I wasn't it's not that I wasn't this person I was always this person in development like I I do have generalized anxiety disorder that's what got me into my work is the fact that I had this issue and I always felt like I was somehow broken or less of a person. And I was always trying to overcome. I was diagnosed at six years old. For the last 12 years, I've been dealing with this diagnosis and I felt like I had no one to go to. And so even if I had these thoughts and these feelings, I was never confident enough in who I was to be able to articulate it. So if you're, if you want to find what, like a youth who's passionate about it, generally it's someone who you find a potential in like you look at them and you know that like with right. that mentoring that can be the thing that like helps them like there's so many so many people who when i first got involved with youth move totally like shaped the rest of my teenage years and i mean like they completely left an impact on me and showed me that like hey you are just fine the way you are like you're overcoming these challenges right. but that's made that's yep. gotten you here so um yeah. so like always always look for that potential the potential is so so meaningful because if you like develop that it's it's really really impactful yeah yeah oh it's great so we have a question from uh <clears throat> one of the folks uh that are that are watching there and uh let's see i just lost it here we go uh what do you see nat as the most pressing need for youth today in terms of recovery that's a that's a big question um it's a, yeah. it's a very important question. So for me, I, I can tell you that across all of my, my years of upbringing, I was not given the tools that I needed to deal with my anxiety well. Um, and it wasn't until I was much older that I really realized that sort of impact on me. And so the most pressing need in terms of recovery is the fact that a lot of kids who have serious emotional disturbances or, or issues, they don't get the treatment they need in the first place. I know so many people who are lovely right. people who have turned to, to terrible roads to deal with their trauma and it breaks my heart. And I know that, and that, that's something that will always like hurt me. The other, the other thing is that like providers and especially now that I work in mental health and like, I know what goes on on the back end, especially with, with therapy and with providers, it's like 
a lot of the times they try to do this one size fits all type of recovery does not work. It does not work. Um, and so a lot of times people either get moved through the system way too quickly, or it takes so long for them to get like a therapist or a counselor or that initial meeting that it's almost like, well, the problem that existed eight months ago is not a problem now. Now it's that problem plus 12 other problems because we couldn't deal with that initial one. And so the lack of customization and personalization in treatment plans is is something that's really affecting people. And also like, when you look at kids who go through addiction, I many, many of my closest friends who I love and adore have had issues with addiction. And that's been something that's been very difficult for me to unpack as well. When you look at kids like that, I think that people need to realize that going through recovery for those things like addiction problems are usually generally very closely correlated with mental health issues or trauma or severe emotional disturbances. And I think that if you look at those as two separate beings, you're never going to get the full picture. If you try to if you try to separate one problem from everything else, everything's very intertwined. So if you're not treating the whole person and you're treating one problem the person has, you are missing out on everything else. So those are those are my thoughts and feelings on that. <laughs> yeah. No, that's uh, <clears throat> that's great. You know, when when um, so when I when I went to treatment, I. I tell this story sometimes when I teach the uh, peer support certification training uh, to illustrate this point you're making about treating them as separate things. So <clears throat> I was going to a mental health center, seeing a counselor, you know, medication, psychiatrist, all that stuff. But then <clears throat> I was going to an outpatient SUD treatment. So I was 21 years old. Mm -hmm. And the SUD place made me sign a piece of paper that said, I couldn't talk about my mental health or my suicide attempts while I was at the suicide, while I was at the uh, SUD treatment. <clears throat> now, you know, this was a long time ago. This was more than 20 years mm -hmm. ago, but it's so interesting, right? Because like, we know how they're intertwined today, yes. but yet we still have providers who still kind of think that same yeah. way that they're somehow separate, separate things, yeah. right? it baffles me. <laughs> it's just amazing. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, it's like, you know, um, I, I think many people have evolved and realized what, you know, what we're saying, right. That they're intertwined, but yeah, I mean, we have to treat the whole person that holistic sort of approach and what's really going on here. Why is the person self-medicating, mm -hmm. you know, right. <clears throat> yeah. It's, it's just such a loaded topic. Like there's so many different elements of it to unpack that it's so hard to just, there's not one quick answer. And that's why it makes me so frustrated. It's like, there's not one quick answer, but there's like a lot of smaller issues that I feel have built up within the system and the way it's been developed. Um, like even when I moved to Idaho, like I couldn't get resources cause I was already almost aged out of the system. So like, I couldn't even get the treatment that I very clearly needed at the time. So, oof. Right, right. I know that's an issue here in Montana. I know, uh, um, services for youth are lacking mm -hmm. and i know that's a huge issue and there's just not enough focus uh I'll give you an example when we we wrote a bill in 2019 um for medicaid for peer support mm -hmm. it included both adult and youth in there mm -hmm. and the first thing the legislature did was they took out the youth piece immediately <laughs> Like the first <laughs> thing they did, like what? first committee, right? Okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. my so, gosh. So, you know, so, right. Yeah, it sends this message of 
we would rather we'd rather deal with you as an yeah. adult than we would when you're young so we don't have to deal with it when you become an adult right <laughs> like yeah it immediately and it sent this clear message you know the state wasn't really ready for that they weren't really ready for youth peer support well that's what we're here to change we want to change that we want to we want to raise people's awareness you know and go back to the table and say hey you cut this out yeah. but this is really important you know not a not a healthy way to approach it no all right so we have another question here this one's a little bit longer mm -hmm. um so why do you think it is you why do you why do you think it is youth aren't why do you think youth aren't prepared to handle sorry <laughs> prepared to handle life on life's terms and taught coping skills at home or in school. Mm -hmm. Okay, I think. Why do you think? Yeah, yeah. I think I said that the right. So way. I, th I think <clears throat> that youth really aren't. First of all, there's not like school isn't focused on teaching you coping mechanisms. I took AP Psychology. I was like, I was an honor student. I had a high GPA. I was going to college early. Like I was, you know, a star. Like just a great student overall. And yet I was severely severely anxious and depressed because of it like i was going through so much and when i started to trip up after after um after losing people like when i was grieving and i was depressed and my grades slipped because of it people didn't say hey what can we do to help you cope people said what's going on with your grades that's a different question and when right. you don't know how to deal with these things when you have when you're met with your first major like life crisis and people aren't being supportive in the way that you need you don't know how to ask for that you don't have the vocabulary to ask for that um and i think that because there's not really an emphasis based on like how to deal with these emotions how to turn these emotions into something productive or even something manageable people just don't ever learn that that's even an option for them and that's that's really like what i learned i mean even today i have ways that i like coped with my anxiety from when I was like six years old that I still engage in now as a young adult. And mm -hmm. I know they're not healthy. I know they're not healthy ways to do it. But when it's been ingrained in me from myself that this is something safe, this is something that will keep me okay, then how do you tell me to rewrite that if you never gave me the tools to rewrite that? Like that's, that's kind of where yeah. I've always thought about it. Like, I wish that schools had more of an emphasis on emotional wellness. Um, I had to force my way into finding that emotional wellness. And that was because I became super close with my personal counselor. And I, mm -hmm. like, I know that if I was in a different situation, in a different circumstance, I would not have been met with that same, like, ability to go out of class when I had a, a panic attack or, or when something was going on. Like, I know that I was given a leniency that most students will never receive. And I barely made it through high school having that leniency so what about people who don't get right. that like right. I, I think that it just really sucks and like not not all families are created equal like there will be families who are really good at talking about um emotions and like being open with that and there are other families where that's not a norm and so like you can't expect home life to always produce the same results especially in terms of, of coping so it's it's very difficult because again this is something very individualized for each person right so it's it's a little bit difficult to say well this is how we fix it when every single circumstance is going to be multifaceted right right well 
that could be like your first initiative when you're governor. Yeah, there you, you go. <laughs> mental health mental health classes, mandatory yeah, oh mental health gosh. classes for everybody. What a world. Uh, that would be so nice. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> well, you, you know, and, and that and you that's a great point. I mean, really, when you think about it, I mean, if we're if we're sending people to school to learn skills mm -hmm. to be an adult why are we not teaching yeah. <laughs> mental wellness yeah. i mean why are we, why is that not like part of the curriculum yeah. it, just as important as math skills or english skills writing skills right history all that right well, i also think that like there are so many things we talk about that we should go more in depth. And I was a kid who was super into psychology and sociology. And especially when we learned about like how your family life can affect your future relationships and how you value you, yourself in terms of those relationships. Like I look at that and I think about the first serious relationships I was in and I go, oh my gosh, that was toxic or that was negative because this is something that I thought was like going to be normal. And that's not healthy. Like that's not okay. You shouldn't have to experience more trauma to realize that you should never have been traumatized. Right. Like that is the most backwards right. way to deal with it. But right now yeah. let's just, yeah. we don't have the tools that, that give everyone that like equal playing ground of, of understanding mental wealth, mental health and mental wellness. So that's right. just how it right. is. Exactly. Yeah. All right, another question. Uh, do you engage in activities or events with other youth as support in those scenarios or do you have group therapies or support group meetings? So mm. yeah, tell us tell us more about, about that. You talked a little okay. bit about the groups. Yeah, but go ahead. Mm -hmm. So um, the way that specifically like uh, with Youth Move, because that's where I have the most uh, experience. Um, in terms of that, like I facilitate the groups, I lead the groups, and um, I also participate. So like, we will ask one open-ended discussion question as like our main focus of that meeting. And so what we'll, what we'll do is like, a couple weeks ago, we had hit like the one year anniversary of Idaho shutting down and us going to online school. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, well, how is quarantine so far? Like, are you guys doing okay? Like, where, where have you found the biggest struggles? And usually when I ask the question, it's, crickets, everyone's silent. And so I'm like, well, here's how I've dealt with it. Um, to kind of let them know like, hey, I'm going through this too. Or to let them know like, you can talk to me because I'm willing to be vulnerable with you. Like um, I found very much that like being vulnerable first will definitely let other people be vulnerable in response. Um, and I'm a very open person, so I'm fine with being vulnerable first. Um, so yeah, we do the support group meetings. Um, group therapy we don't have right now we don't have like someone who is a licensed therapist I think it would be really great to get someone who is a licensed therapist I am not a licensed therapist um so I can be supportive and I can be this facilitator and I can teach through my lived experience but um it's really just about supporting each other emotionally and that's really that's really what we do we're planning on doing a youth conference um it's actually partially a parent conference, partially a youth conference, but the youth conference will involve different things like meditation where we bring in people who are more skilled to teach that. And like we bring in speakers who have had their own lived experience, people who are professionals in that regard to, um, to really discuss that sort of stuff. So we look for other avenues to engage youth, but we do mainly focus on just doing support group. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and what are, what are, uh, what are long-term goals of Youth Move Idaho? What do you hope to uh, to accomplish? Long-term goals, um, 
right now I'm just thinking once we get back in person, so many things are going to change. Um, we really want to start doing, this is something we had planned before the pandemic, but we want to do an in-person, like just a giant get together where we, we promote art and local youth artists throughout Idaho. And we get together and we talk about like how art can play a role in mental wellness and dealing with mental health. And we, we really want to have this whole thing where we, we openly talk to one another about like, where have you faced challenges? Where have people not believed you in your mental journey? What do you need? And actually hear that from the people who attend and the people who organize it because we we don't know where we're lacking until someone tells us. Like I've told the Federation where things have been lacking, but I'm one person. I cannot speak for every other youth in Idaho. And there are definitely people that I'm not going to think about because I don't have that lived experience. Um, Ultimately, we would like to be a bigger group. We would like to be a very large group with people from all parts of Idaho represented. Um, because right now it's very much like the Boise and Meridian area. So it's it's very centralized. But um, yeah, if we could get maybe even multiple chapters like throughout Idaho, like one for Northern Idaho, one for like Southeast Idaho, like if we could kind of mess around and have a couple other places where people could get together and organize their own advocacy events, like that would be, that would be amazing. That would be really, really great. And we are far from that, but I'm hoping that um, as things change and as more avenues open up virtually as well, like maybe there will be a way that we can set things up like that. Just seeing where we can go from here. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, that's great. That's great. Um, <clears throat> would you be willing to mentor the Montana youth oh movement? I guess we get we get this get, get this up and going. Yeah, I would. I would love. That. I mean, it would have been nice to have someone mentor like me when I had stepped into this role. So I would be more than happy to. That would be really fantastic. Um, I can show you guys like what the differences that are required in a virtual space versus an in-person space because there are differences, which. Um, kind of hard to like put into words but once you see it and you see like how people will interact in a virtual space it is it is pretty apparent it's just really hard to verbalize um but yeah i would love to do yeah. that that'd be great that'd be great yeah and, and hopefully uh you know we have some members out there who are you know listening to this and you're being a inspiration to them but hopefully it, it also got you know their their wheels yeah. turning they're they're thinking uh, wow i could be doing that and you know, I could be speaking up for youth at the legislature or having a, a support group. And because um, I think those are the things that we, Montana's Peer Network, that's what we sort of envision. Mm -hmm. But, <clears throat> you know, again, it's not ultimately up to us. You know, we want we want that youth voice. Mm -hmm. um, and that's who we want making the decision. So uh, the, the more guidance, support and mentoring, the, the better. Right? Yeah, definitely. And um, are you planning on, I, I know you met with Youth Move National, but just a uh, random question. Mm -hmm. Are you planning on having a Youth Move chapter where it's like ages 14 to 18? That's what we have right now, but we are looking at expanding to like a 19 to 25, like second Youth mm -hmm. Move branch for us because um, there are like a lot of a lot of problems that can come up in that transitional age of like college and, and what the real world is mm -hmm. like. And so we, that's yeah. another initiative that we have is setting up that like 19 to 25 group. Are you interested in doing things like that? Like having two separate groups or just one massive um, group? Yeah, you know, yeah, we haven't talked about two separate ones, but we have talked about the age, mm -hmm. you know, the age, the age thing, right? And what is the age range and youth move national, I think, 14 to 26, I mm -hmm. think, or 25. 
And so we have had discussions and I think it's really about, you know, the youth that want to get involved, you know, the young adults that want to get involved and that's who's going to shape it. Yeah. And so whatever age they are, I mean, that's probably where the focus is going to start. Awesome. Um, yeah, for, for sure. And, you know, we, we're working on, we want to see growth around youth peer supporters. Mm -hmm. And so we already have right state certification. So if you're talking about someone who's 18 or older, we already have the certification and, and the training. Now we need to begin working on funding mm -hmm. <clears throat> for the agency so they can pay for the youth peer supporters. We don't have any support for under 18. Mm -hmm. There's no support. So that's a whole nother initiative to work on. And so, yeah, I think it'll be just dictated by, you know, the, the youth who come forward and want to be like you, yeah, you know, awesome. and be a leader and have a voice. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, I just ask out of curiosity because we we're thinking about doing the two separate groups, um, mainly because we've noticed that like there are such complete differences in in terms of like mental health sure. challenges and just life challenges across those two age ranges. I mean, like when you're 14, 15 years old, you're trying to like pass sophomore calculus, and then like when you're right. 22, you're trying to like pay for your first apartment. Like it's a different world, um, right. and we're also thinking about doing that like just in terms of because we are virtual right now, like I'm very passionate about internet safety and making sure that people are safe with the interactions they have online. So like, that's really mm -hmm. another draw of us doing the two separate groups is the fact that like, we won't have a 14 year old and a 25 year old where there's an 11 year difference, which is a really right. big difference. So um, yeah, I was just curious right. if that was something that you guys had uh, talked about with Youth Move National. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, we hadn't. And so you, you bring up a really, a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you have a, like a mixed group, mm -hmm. right? Like you're saying, I mean, if you have a younger person who's under 18, do they have, do you guys have like, um, do they have to sign releases or have their parents, I guess, sign releases? Is that how you do it? Yes. Um, when we were in person, we did have like physical paper permission slips that we, we got sent home with, mm -hmm. we had to bring them back. Mm -hmm. Um, but then there was another, uh, like online, it's a bit easier because the parents generally email me and then I get them. I'm like, okay, here's what we do. Um, you're going to get set up in the Discord server. Here's the link to the Discord server. Like, let me know if you need help setting up your child's account. Um, here's how you set up safety regulations, et cetera. Um, and so if the parent reaches out to me, then that is taken as implied consent because the parents talking to me like they they know what they're right. getting into um so in some ways online has been easier but yeah if you're it's kind of even a gray area with people being 18 like we still wanted if you were in youth move and you are 18 or you're about to turn 18 we still wanted that parental consent especially because we will be talking about things like you know mental challenges or there have been times where where suicide has come up as a topic of like lived experience mm -hmm. and that sort of stuff and mm -hmm. it is heavy it is very heavy and um we want people to be aware that these are trigger warnings that we will issue but it's still mm -hmm. when you talk about mental health the bad parts of mental health are almost unavoidable especially at this stage where in idaho we are still very focused on breaking down the stigma surrounding mental health so it's we're, we're still right. very much like we have great progress going, but we also in some ways have places where we're still at square one, where we need people to understand like, this is what depression is. This is what anxiety is. This is what bipolar disorder truly is. And it's not like all of right. these negative stereotypes. So it's, right. it's a little all over. Right. 
yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I would say we're probably not that different here in Montana. I mean, it's still, you know, we're two, two states that are rural and have mm-hmm. frontier, but also have urban yeah. areas, right? And, and it's not, I don't think, you know, in general, people are comfortable yet with talking about mental health issues or su- thoughts of suicide mm-hmm. and um, trauma and those kinds of things. So, yeah, that, that, I mean, that's, we battle that all the time. We're still still hard at work at that for sure so that's that's great that's fantastic well um i i think we've just about reached our time yeah i'm sort of uh andy's our tech person on the back end i see her shaking her head over (laughs) here so uh um i want to say a big thank you to Nat, really, for taking the time to come on. The conversation has been fantastic. And, and you know, we prep ahead of time. So we spend time, and I mean, we were laughing and talking about yeah. all kinds of stuff. <laughs> and, and so, you know, it's just, uh, you're, you're really an amazing person. You really are. And it comes Thank through you. your passion, Thank your you. leadership. Yeah, no, it, it does. It's, it's fantastic. And, um, you know, Youth Move Idaho is lucky to have you. You're a leader and uh, you're going to do, keep doing some really amazing things, I, I can tell. So um, keep, keep doing that. And maybe we'll bring you back. Oh, I'd love uh, to come you know, back. And, this has been, I mean, this has been really yeah, fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, have some Montana youth and, you know, and, and have you guys interact. I think that would be, that would be fantastic. You know, you'd be a great mentor for for a new chapter here thank you i thank you so much um for even getting in touch with me like all of the conversations that we've had on other zoom calls have been great because i i still i'm still very much like in my infancy and my training with all of this so i want to make sure that the work i'm doing is good and like it's going to lead to change so hearing those things definitely like makes me want to keep working and work even harder because it means that hopefully i'm headed in the right direction (laughs) You're you're most definitely headed in the right direction. You you keep you keep it awesome. up for sure. I, I will do that. Yeah. Good, good. And I want to say thank you to all of you for tuning in. Um, whether you have watched this live or or in the recording in a in a podcast, however you're you're getting this information. Thanks so much for taking the time and supporting Montana's Peer Network. You can always visit our website at mtpeernetwork.org. And of course, we have tons of information about uh, the recovery movement in Montana and peer support and uh, all the funding opportunities and job opportunities that are out there. And uh, um, uh, let us know what you think, you know, send us emails and phone calls and tell us here on social media because this helps shape what we do in the future. So thanks everybody. Thank you, Nat. And uh, we will catch you next time. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works, recovery is possible. Recovery is possible. (laughs) Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery is possible.